Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Well, hello, hello, everyone. It is Nurse Mo, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. This is episode 168, and today we are talking about math anxiety. Believe it or not, you might feel like you're the only one. Trust me, you definitely are not. It's really, really common, but we're going to tackle it today And hopefully after you listen to this episode, you'll be feeling a lot better about how you approach doing medication math or dosage calculations in nursing school. Before we dive into that, though, I do like to take a moment for our listener shout out. And this one goes out to Emily, who says... I was recommended this podcast during the first semester of Accelerated BSN program, and it changed my entire school and clinical experience. I listened to Placenta Problems, that's an episode, on the way to clinicals as a way to prepare since we hadn't gotten to that unit in class, and we actually had a patient with placenta abruption that night, and I knew all the signs and symptoms and treatment options and felt very prepared. Nurse Mo is awesome. Emily, that is amazing. It thrills me when students take what they're learning from the podcast and then actually are able to go see it in real life and apply it in the clinical setting. That is great, and thank you so much for taking the time to write that thoughtful feedback. I very much appreciate it. If you guys want to be one of my listener shout outs, then all you need to do is wherever you get this podcast, rate and review. And when you give us that five-star rating, it really helps other students see us because it puts us up to the top of the charts. Okay, everyone, math anxiety. So I want you to know we are going to be talking about some things that might be easier for you to picture if you see it in front of you written out. And for that, I want you to know there is a blog article associated with this episode, and I will link to it in the episode notes, okay? So if you're listening to this, you might feel like you have some math anxiety, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. And even if you never had it before, you might be feeling it about nursing school. And I just want you to know it's going to be okay. I promise that we can and we will get through this so that you can be successful. Sometimes students think, maybe I have math anxiety. I'm not really sure. But you know you feel a little maybe uncertain 
or unsure of yourself when it comes to math. So if that's you, we can definitely tackle this and we're going to do it together. Are you ready? Okay. So first, let's talk about what math anxiety is. So there is an official definition and the official definition is a feeling of tension, fear, or apprehension that interferes with your ability to perform math calculations. So if that sounds like you, keep on listening. In general, people with math anxiety really do have this belief that they're incapable of consistently and confidently doing anything related to math. How many of you have said, I'm not a numbers person, I'm not a math person, I don't do math? I mean, it becomes really ingrained in our sense of identity to where we almost identify as anti-math. Anyway, this feeling of anxiety that you can have when you're, you know, facing doing some kind of math calculation, what happens is this anxiety uses up your working memory, and that in and of itself makes it really difficult to think through problems. And what happens is we don't do well and we end up in this vicious cycle. And we're going to talk about that cycle coming up in just a bit. The next question I think is really important to ask is, why would you have math anxiety in nursing school or be at higher risk for having math anxiety in nursing school. So if you have been feeling less than confident about your ability to do medical calculations because of math anxiety, I want you to know that you're definitely, definitely not alone. There are a lot of students that go through this very same thing. And there are some good reasons for that. So I think when you understand what the reasons are, like this is completely justified, you're able to then stop beating yourself up about having some anxiety about math. You give yourself a little bit of grace and then you have the confidence and the like the insight to realize, hey, we can get past this. So here are a few reasons why you might have math anxiety in nursing school, even if you never had it before. So you do have that dosage calculations exam that every school is going to make you take at least once in your nursing school program, most likely every semester. So this is a very high stakes exam with a very, very strict grading scale. Often schools will require 95%. It's not unheard of to require 100%. And it's not just that you fail the assignment or the assessment. They give you a few attempts, and then you fail the program. So it's a very, very high-stakes assessment. The next reason why is newsflash, and this is shocking to some students, not every school is going to teach you how to do this. A lot of them expect you to know how to do it or expect you to be able to figure it out on your own. Many times, schools... And it's not necessarily that the school is a bad program, not by any means. They are tasked with teaching you so, so much in the first semester, the first few weeks of school, so that you can go into clinical and be competent, that their syllabus is completely packed with all these required things. And in some schools, they feel like, 
students do a pretty good job of figuring this out on their own. We have to leave it that way because we have these other things we're required to teach you. So it's not any shortcoming of your program in many cases, you guys, okay? So I just want you to know that. Another reason why that students might have some math anxiety about their dosage calculations exam is that the exam is timed and for a lot of students, those timed exams just really boost up the anxiety. And typically, how these exams are structured is that they get more complex with every passing semester. So I'm not telling you all of this to frighten you, but I just want to let you know that if you are feeling some anxiety about math, it's not because you're not a great student. You absolutely are, and it's definitely not that you are the only one. You definitely are not. In fact, I saw some studies that show one in five adults report severe math anxiety, and 93% report some level of math anxiety. So if you thought you were the only student in your cohort who was going through this, I promise you, pinky promise you, you are not. And something really interesting that I learned as I was doing my research for this episode is that having math anxiety does not equate being bad at math. Emerging research shows that students with math anxiety are actually average to high math performers. So did you hear that? Students with math anxiety are actually average to high math performers. So take a minute, pat yourself on the back for being amazing, and let's get down to work on addressing our math anxiety in nursing school. Are you ready? The first thing that we're going to do is reframe how we talk to ourselves about math. And if you guys have been listening to my podcast for any length of time or attending office hours, maybe you're in boot camp, or maybe you attended the nursing school mindset edit. Like I talk about this a lot, this concept of reframing. So the very first thing we're going to do is reframe how we talk to ourselves about math. So Again, remember earlier I said sometimes we say things like I'm bad at math or I'm not a numbers person. Raise your hand unless you're driving, then two hands on the wheel, 10 and 2. But raise your hand if you've ever said this about yourself. And then I want you to think about it. Like when you say that statement, really tune into how it makes you feel. So when I say... I'm not a numbers person, which was my negative self-talk phrase of choice for many, many years. I feel hopeless. I feel uncertain, maybe a little anxious, maybe a little fearful. Definitely not the way that I want to feel when I'm walking into a high stakes dosage calculations exam. Am I right? (laughs) Yes. So... Let's think about it this way. What if you changed how you talk to yourself about math? So I've told this story a bunch of times because it is truly one of my favorite student success stories. So I had a student who was enrolled in my Crucial Concepts boot camp, and she suffered from what she described as severe math anxiety. And because of it, she really was convinced, like, 
this math situation is going to be what causes me to fail out of nursing school. She hadn't even started school yet. She was already believing that this was very, very likely to happen. And the phrase that she said to herself over and over again was, I am bad at math. Like she just, there was nothing to be done about it. I am bad at math. This is going to be really hard for me. I'm probably going to fail out of the program because I have to take this math exam. Like that was her message over and over and over again. So I had done a live stream or an office hours, something in boot camp where I talked about negative self-talk and how it sabotages our success. And this student, she's so amazing. She took immediate action on that. And she wrote to me to tell me kind of like how she put this into practice and what what it did for her. And instead of saying, I am bad at math, which is what she had been saying for years, she reframed the statement into something that was believable and also true. So she reframed it to say, my brain is open to learning how to do math. My brain knows this is hard but I'm practicing and getting better every day. So when you look at that statement, how does a statement like that make you feel? Definitely not hopeless or fearful or anxious, right? It makes you feel, I don't know about you, but to me that makes me feel hope. That makes me feel in control. That makes me feel confident. That makes me feel excited to go and do math. I mean, I know it sounds kind of goofy, but I love doing math now. So it definitely changes how you think and it changes how you feel. And when she wrote to me to tell me kind of how things were going, she said, I have been getting excellent grades and have so much confidence in my ability. Like she went from thinking, I'm probably going to fail out of nursing school because of this because of this math issue that I have to having so much confidence in her ability. That is huge, you guys. That is huge. Yes, she went through boot camp. Yes, she did the dosage calculations module. But the biggest thing she did was reframed how she talked to herself about math. So I absolutely think that is key. So I want you to try that for yourself. So the keys to making your reframed statement are this. You can't just say the opposite of your negative statement, okay? You're not just going to say, I'm great at math, because it has to be something that's true. And you're not going to believe that you're suddenly great at math, right? It has to be something you can truly believe. Like, for instance, this student said, my brain knows this is hard, but I'm open to it and I'm practicing and feeling better about it every day, right? So that was a true statement. So make a statement that's true and then write it out. Put it somewhere where you can see it every single day. I don't care if your little brother makes fun of you, if it's on the bathroom mirror, so what? You're being a role model. Um, Put it on your computer, put it in your planner, put it somewhere where you see it every day. And again, notice how you feel when you say that statement, when you say it out loud, when you meditate on that statement. How does it make you feel? And my hope is that you will feel confident, hopeful, proud, and a lot less anxious. Okay. So that was step one. That's huge, you guys. Do step one. Step two is breaking the math cycle of failure. So I introduced this earlier 
that vicious cycle. So that's actually the math cycle of failure. It's a thing, you guys. You can Google it. So math cycle of failure is that you have a negative experience. So then you avoid math and then you don't prepare adequately. So then you have a poor performance on an assessment, which is bringing you all the way back around to negative experience. So then you avoid. So then you don't prepare. So then you have a poor performance. And as you can see, it's a vicious, vicious and relentless cycle. So, you know, that bad experience, that could have been something that happened years ago, right? That could have been in seventh grade algebra when the teacher embarrassed you, you know, when you stood up at the front of the classroom to do a problem. Um, It could have been maybe being around people. Like, I don't want to blame everything on our parents, but maybe your parents said things like, you're never going to use that. I don't use algebra. You know, things like that. That's a negative experience. And from that, you start to avoid the math because why would you want to do something? Why would you want to perpetuate the feelings that come from that negative experience? And because you avoid math, you're not going to prepare adequately for assignments, for assessments, what have you. And then guess what happens? Again, you take that exam, you do that homework assignment, whatever it is, and you have a negative experience and around and around we go. But with the right mindset, And with some preparation, you can have a positive math cycle. And it all starts when you have a consistent and reliable method for performing all dosage calculations questions. Okay, I'm going to say that again. It all starts when you have a consistent and reliable method for performing all dosage calculations questions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is dimensional analysis. Now, yes, there are multiple ways to perform dosage calculations questions, and maybe your school taught you a completely different way. The challenge that I see students having when they don't use dimensional analysis is that different types of problems are going to require different types of approaches, different formulas, and what have you. If you're already anxious and you're presented with a complex dosage calculations question, are you wanting to be scrambling around in your brain for the right formula when you're already amped up about this situation? I don't think you do. I know I definitely don't. Dimensional analysis provides consistency and reliability, and it gives you that ability to have a positive math experience and break the math cycle of failure. So step three, review dimensional analysis and review your unit conversions. Now, I was actually surprised recently to learn that not all nursing programs require a chemistry pre requisite. I just assumed all students learned dimensional analysis, or as I call it sometimes, DA. I had always assumed students learned DA in chemistry and that we were just reviewing it and applying it to dosage calculations. Well, many students, some, 
uh, don't take chemistry, don't need to take chemistry. So I, you know, for those students, you do need to go and learn what dimensional analysis is and how it works and all of that, which I do go through step by step in my boot camp. If you're thinking about um, looking for some resources to help you, that is an excellent one. So if you learned DA or dimensional analysis in chemistry, I want you to go back and brush off those DA skills and start applying it to the framework of dimension, uh, that framework of dimensional analysis to dosage calculations, okay? And then if you're new to dimensional analysis or not really sure how to apply it to dosage math, then I want you to go to the blog post associated with this episode, and we go through a very basic step-by-step tutorial, okay? So look for the link in the episode notes and go through that step by step tutorial. The other thing that I want you to do is review some common unit conversions. This includes metric conversions, metric to imperial units, and I've got a shortcut guide for you guys that I will link to as well. It's a freebie. It's a unit conversion guide. It's like the top 10 or so unit conversions that you should know for your dimensional analysis. Okay, so I'm going to provide a link to that as well. And then again, if you really want to dive into all kinds of dosage calculations, even the very tricky ones, really learn how to apply dimensional analysis to all types of dosage calculations questions, I do want to let you know that that is in Dosage Calculations Bootcamp, or if you're looking at Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, which is like my big course, it includes the Dosage Calculations Bootcamp within it, so you get that as well. But if you're looking at just, you know, learning how to do dosage calculations through my bootcamps, it teaches you how to perform them with confidence, okay? So we start with the most basic and build confidence as we build skills, We provide step-by-step lessons. Again, they're going to build on one another. You will not go on to something more challenging until you've mastered the basics and the step that you're on right now. Gives you lots of practice with all types of dosage calculations. I even show you all the ways your instructors will try to trick you if they're into doing that. Um, And One of the biggest things that students learn from Dosage Calculations Bootcamp is how to think critically through the questions. That is probably harder than just doing the math part because these are not necessarily math problems. They are like puzzles, right? So you got to figure out puzzles. If you were really good at word problems back in high school or college, you'll probably really like doing dosage calculations questions. And it just, it empowers you with the skill that you can rely on throughout nursing school and your career, you guys. So let's review your action steps to getting past your math anxiety, okay? First thing is reframe how you talk to yourself about math, okay? You're going to write that phrase. You're going to put it somewhere where you can see it, say it, think it, believe it every day. Recognize that you can break that math cycle of failure. So you have to believe that that can happen. You're going to review dimensional analysis, and I'll link to that as well. You'll memorize those common unit conversions. And if you need help with that, I'll link to my freebie. 
You're going to do a lot of practice with dosage calculations questions of all types, building your confidence, building your skills. And then, of course, if you want to take things to the next level or get step-by-step help, you can go check out Bootcamp, which I will link as well. So there you have it, you guys, your short, sweet guide to getting past your math anxiety and absolutely crushing your math exams in nursing school. And then next week, we'll be talking about pharmacology. I'm going to introduce you to something that you'll hear people mention, and they might mention it without explaining it. And when I was a student, I hated that because then I felt behind and I couldn't focus on the other things they were saying because my mind was wrapped up in this other thing they said that I didn't know what it was. And that's the beers list. So we'll be talking about that next week when we dive into pharmacology. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Nursing. 